Welcome to the family here on Purple Mafia. I'm your host, Paladino Joey, or Joey Wygen. Purple Mafia is available on the sportstuff.com, iTunes, Stitcher, and Double Twist. Ay, I am sick and tired of the Detroit Lions. I am sick and tired of the Lions coming into the Metrodome and beating the Vikings. I'm sick and tired of giving up third and long, even though the Vikings defense today was very, very, very far from their problems. I'm sick and tired of promising quarterbacks going out with injuries, non-contact type of injuries. (laughs) I'm sick and tired now of (sighs) other stars going out with ACL injuries. There are star running back going out with an ACL injury. Remember Adrian Peterson went out with one. Uh, Robert Smith went out with, with ACLs over the course of his time. Terry Allen. And obviously these things happen, and it's not the first, but <sighs> Dalvin Cook next on the list and a 14-7 Minnesota Vikings loss. Anything else? Is that it? Can I, can I go now? I mean, I don't want to talk about this. This sucks. This just sucks. You know, you can't even score seven bleeping points in the game. Oh, sure, Case Keenum was Mr. Accuracy. He was the Coast Guard, and I loved calling him that, and that was so much fun. And then you come in, you're thinking, okay, Case Keenum's actually got a pretty good record against Detroit, too, and we're at home, and, you know, the Vikings' chances of beating Detroit are good at home. Remember back in the day when it took, like, Detroit about 20 years to beat the Vikings in their home field again? I mean, the, the last time Detroit had beaten the Vikings was 97 in the Dome, and then it was, like, I don't know, like <laughs> like 20 years later. Okay, not quite 20 years later, but it was about uh, 2014, I believe. Or did they beat us? Uh, uh, whatever. You know, I'm not even here to, to analyze that. Otherwise, I would have had it ready for you. It was a long time. A long time. That's the whole point. And now now the Vikings can't beat Detroit anymore. <laughs> yeah, we can't beat Detroit anymore. You know, we used to lose in the Silver Dome and Pontiac or Ford Field, whatever the heck it was. Uh, Ford Field now, but the Silver Dome back in the old days. Um Chris Spielman uh, announcing the Vikings for back-to-back weeks. That figures because Chris Spielman was a member of the Detroit Lions back in the black and blue early '90s. You know, if this was a fun, if this was a nice little win, like it was headed towards before the Vikings got stupid, and then the Vikings' luck got even stupider, and the referees just started to, yeah, you know, thumb their nose at us uh, without really doing it, but kind of essentially do it. You know, this is the day that Matthew Stafford wasn't even that accurate. But then magically, Amir Abdullah starts looking like a good running back. And yes, he's good. And Theo Reddick has always been a valuable, dangerous receiving back in this league. But you didn't see a whole lot of that today. I mean, Theo Reddick wasn't a big threat at all. In fact, his total yards, total, total yards for the day, 12. Yeah, 12 yards. Um, really? You know, Matthew Stafford. Okay, so so again, let's, let's rehash this. Theo Reddick, 12 yards total. <laughs> That's eight receiving and four running. Four. That's right. Four. Yeah, you could count it on your one hand. And you could still count it on two hands. Still single digits with his one receiving uh, reception, pardon me, in the game. <sighs> and the Vikings the Vikings only give up 14 points. Matthew Stafford doesn't throw a single touchdown pass in the game. And it's a home game. And, and the Vikings lose. Yeah, the Vikings lost. And it's not just because Delvin Cook got hurt. In fact, that will. I mean, obviously, that was kind of like the, the... That was kind of like the momentum killer. But really, I thought the dagger in this game was the bleeping Wildcat play. That we'll talk about a bit in the third segment. We'll talk about it now, too, of course, because we're reviewing the bleeping game. And I'm going to keep saying bleep as much as I want, I guess. Um, no interceptions by the Vikings, but there were fumbles in the game. There were just... Mm, 
I'm glad Case Keenum didn't throw an interception. Stafford didn't either. Managed to complete about 61% of his passes, 209 yards. Keenum, a little less accurate. In fact, a lot less accurate. He was missing open receivers. He was literally missing them, and he wasn't even attempting to throw passes to others. He just, But he, he was just missing, straight up. Uh, he looks like the Case Keenum in Pittsburgh. Just luckily the Steelers didn't roll all over us, you know, I mean, this time around. It wasn't like the Steelers, how they rolled all over the Vikings. This time it was Detroit, and Detroit wasn't playing that hot either. In fact, this is a typical Minnesota Vikings win over Detroit when they play in the Metrodome or the U.S. Bank Stadium or TCF Bank Stadium. Now it's just getting crazy. What's next? Wells Fargo Bank Stadium and then U.S. Oh, well, they already have U.S. Bank Stadium. Uh, uh, what's the other one? Anchor Bank Stadium. And uh, I forgot the other one that I've been used to see all the time. Bremer Bank Stadium. Okay. <laughs> yeah, we're really banking on the wins, aren't we? Not really. We've, we've already lost our first home game. It didn't take too long last year either. You get this immortal feeling like, man, we are we are protecting home field. Skull, the skull chant, you know, that's taken over U.S. Bank Stadium. It wasn't there back in the day. It's there now in the new stadium. And we felt this, this immortality, this power, and it's not there. It's just not. I mean, 14-7. to 7, And it doesn't help when Sam Bradford's hurt. It really doesn't, but... Doggone it. We, we we were confident coming into this one, uh, just a little bit. It was more we were scared that Matthew Stafford might get get away on third and long, and he did early in the game, but he didn't late in the game because the Vikings defense was doggone awesome the whole time. Six sacks on Matthew Stafford, that's right. Yeah, it's still single digits, but if you're going to get double-digit sacks in a game, if you don't win that, you ought to fire the freaking offensive coordinator, which maybe the Vikings should consider doing, but maybe everything included. Um, Kai Forbath mixed, missed his first field goal and it came at the most opportune time ever when the Vikings needed something on the board. Um, you saw this team go for it on fourth down uh, and fail um, in the red zone. You saw this team f- fail in, in that attempt, a feeble attempt with two minutes remaining. Luckily, the defense was so strong, the Vikings still had another chance, and they couldn't get it done that time either. Just couldn't do jack bleep, even with good field position, because uh, Adam Thielen fumbled that ball away within seconds. Um, it just was that kind of game. I mean, and you know, you listen to the post-game radio, particularly 1500, Phil Mackey, I'm not a big fan of the guy for certain reasons, but uh, personal reasons, but... Uh, he summed it up perfectly. I mean, this was a Minnesota Vikings day. It, it really was. You know how you want to just say the Vikings this, the Vikings that over the last 55, 56 years, 56 years now. This is, this is, that's what type of year it is, 56th already. Um, this is that kind of game. You know, you, oh boy, the Vikings really need this field goal. And he missed. And he made 24 in a row before that. And he missed. And that being Kai Forbath. Um, third and long, Detroit would get it. Fourth down, key fourth down. His pass isn't even anywhere near anybody. It was just a terrible play. And another one where Adam Thielen, who's oh so reliable, he catches everything that comes his way, and then he fumbles in the in the in, in the center field there at around the fifty yard line when it looked like the Vikings were going to have a game tying type of drive. It looked like there was a possibility of that, and it, no, he just fumbled it away, and that was it. And Detroit, Detroit was able to just milk it away because the last defensive stand the Vikings made, we used up all of our timeouts to stop the clock, which gave us two minutes uh, two minutes for Case Keenum and everybody to get the ball downfield into the end zone. We set ourselves up nicely with time, but of course no timeouts, and that was the end of the story. I'm not mad at the coaches for that part. I'm mad at the coaches for the idiotic, bleeping, Mickey frickin' wildcat call when things were going well. The Vikings were actually winning the game. 
<laughs> the Vikings were actually winning the game. Maybe a little black and blue win. Circa 92, 93, 94, 90, whatever. You get the idea. I'd say 92, 93, 94, and maybe in the, in the, in the, in the 80s too. Uh, Chris Spielman days, you know, uh, Jack Del Rio, John Randall, Henry Thomas. We could go on forever. You know, you could, <laughs> Carl Lee. Yeah, those were the days, weren't they? As long as you don't say the name Barry Sanders because our defense, that was the only time our defense looked idiotic because Barry Sanders was just that good. Um, speaking of idiotic, Jarek McKinnon stunk today. He stunk. Um, he pissed me off so bad. Again, that imbecilic play and the way he carried it out. It was stupid enough that the play was approved by the head coach and the play was called by the offensive coordinator. Again, the Wildcat, which was hiked to the, the college. He was a college, he was a quarterback in college. Jarek McKinnon was a quarterback in college. So, you know, <laughs> yeah, well, I don't care what he was in college if you can't even hand off a bleeping ball to Delvin Cook. <sighs> the former Vikings running back, at least for this season. <laughs> yeah. You know, a game like today makes you want to bench Dirk McKinnon, but guess what? Now you can't. That's right. Because Delvin Cook's out for the season. Yeah. Um, whatever. Mm. Imbecilic, idiotic play. Why, why would you call that play? Why would you call that play? If we had all the momentum in the world, Cook was just running right through the Detroit defense. It was just the beginning of the end, you know. I mean, it was just a chain. It was just a chain of events that took place after that. It looked like the Vikings were going to be just fine. We're going to score again, take a, maybe a two two score lead in the game, two possession lead in the game, and then you got yourself a nice dandy little two and uh, excuse me three and one record. You have your first win in the division. Detroit's a whole game behind you, and you have the tiebreaker for the moment. And there's no way you could lose the tiebreaker. You could only tie with Detroit if we lose in. Uh, Ford Field, but then you come up with plays like that, that that make absolutely no sense, I mean, what, because Detroit then, well, magically, just magically things started to go better for Detroit after that, and then next time down the field, Delvin Cook, as he's starting to make a move a little bit, his knee buckles, and at first you're just thinking, what the hell, he fumbled, we fumbled again, now he turned the ball over again. And then it's like, wait a minute, no. It was non-contact. And the the, the ball, the, the contact happened when he fumbled, yes. But that's because he wasn't concentrating on holding on to the ball at that stage. You wish he would be able to, but you can. You, how can you blame him when you feel a sharp shooting pain in the center of your knee and there's not, nothing you can do about it at that point. It's like all in God's hands now. Um, yeah, uh, they, the, the uh, initial reports... Coming out of the Vikings from NFL Network. The NFL Network initially reported it, but I mean, coming out from the Vikings uh, training and all that, the, the trainers and all that, that it is a almost complete tear of the ACL, which means he's out for the season. I mean, if it's a partial tear, he's out for the season. We're not going to do the, uh, not with this guy, not with the position he plays, by the way. <laughs> um, you're not going to do the old, <laughs> what's the guy's name? Doggone it. Uh, Guys, Tannehill. You're not going to do a Tannehill with the Miami Dolphins like he did last year. He's like, oh, you know, it'll just we'll just kind of let it heal during the off season and come back, and then oh crap, now I'm out for the season after wasting the whole off season, which could have been used to re- rehab the knee and get things ready to roll again. But no, you just let it kind of sit there the way it was and came back and yeah, stupid idiot. And Miami, boy, we'll be talking about Miami in that second segment. We'll be talking about everybody a little bit, but 
Miami is definitely an interesting topic there. A little bit. Um, I'm not going to dedicate the whole second segment to him, but <laughs> just a little bit of it. A segment within a segment. Uh, Stefan Diggs was remarkable in this game. Once again, made uh, Case Keenum look better than he was, as inaccurate as he was during this game. But Stefan Diggs, spectacular plays. Cannot go unmentioned. Almost a hundred yards again for for the for the young man. Five catches, targeted seven times, and some of those passes sucked. It wasn't because Stefan Diggs missed the missed it or anything. And occasionally, just a couple of those times too, there was some uh, a couple of times down the field as well with uh, Adam Thielen and Stefan Diggs, at least one of them, and Kyle Rudolph. That there was just a little bit of pass interference, a little bit of off uh, defensive holding, and there was no flags. And it's just you know it was just one of those kind of games where. Oh, I guess the ref's going to let him play, but that's uh, that's pass interference. You can't just hold the guy down. I mean, uh, Treadwell was the other one, Laquan Treadwell. Um, it was a, it was a poorly timed jump, but at the same time, it was still pass interference because they were holding him down. I mean, you have to let him jump. You can't just hold him down like that. That's not that's not how you defend. That's not how you defend. So obviously, you defend by you're both trying to make a play on the ball. Knock it, one guy's trying to knock it away or intercept it. The other guy's trying to just flat out catch the damn ball and hope for the best. After that, um, but yeah, the refs weren't our friends, and as they say, the football gods weren't our friends either. That's for doggone sure. Throughout the game today, um, you get your hopes up about Case Keenum after a nice solid week last week. You think, okay, he can beat this team. If he could beat Tampa Bay, he could hopefully beat Denver too, or Detroit. Excuse me, too. And uh, no, just another letdown. Classic. Uh, Stefan Diggs. All I gotta say is continue what you're doing, and God bless Adam Thielen. Same thing. That fumble pissed me off because it's uncharacteristic of Adam Thielen. You don't see him. You don't see him uh, dropping that kind of stuff. Uh, excuse me, fumbling away that kind of stuff. That was really unfortunate. Uh, Kyle Rudolph had a pretty frustrating drop in the game as well. Uh, enough to make somebody mad. And it made people mad. Just catch the bleeping ball. Um, McKinnon as well. Uh, very, very catchable pass. McKinnon drops. It would have given us first down. Terrible. Um, mm, McKinnon was just awful the whole game. He had one good kick return after that horrible... Um, the horrible. It was immediately after that, after the horrible fumble. Of course, he was doing the kick return because Detroit had just scored. Thank you very much. You're 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 welcome, Detroit. Um, Detroit. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, and the reason why they have 14 points, even though they had two field goals in the game, is because their first successful touchdown in the game. In fact, their only successful touchdown in the game was uh, a successful two-point conversion. They only had one touchdown in the game. But it was the one that kind of, well, obviously put the Vikings on ice, unfortunately. You think you can come back, tie this thing up, and uh, hope for the best, even if it comes to a coin flip in overtime? Why not? But it just wasn't meant to be, was it? Mm. Case Keenan being as inaccurate as he was, and of course, the uh, just the just the murder of the morale when Delvin Cook went down like that, um, non-contact. Helmet. The helmet obviously went into the went into the arm, knocked the ball out, and all that. Sure, good play by the Detroit defender because I don't think the guy was thinking about uh, Delvin Cook being hurt there. He was just trying to tackle the guy. He wasn't really probably wasn't aware the guy was getting injured at the time because it's kind of a bang bang play in a sense. And um, yeah, um, the Detroit defender had nothing to do with the injury, obviously. Um, because I'm not concentrating on who the player was on Detroit, I'm concentrating on the guy that uh, 
Delvin Cook that his knee just buckled and the uh, ACL snapped. At least most of it did. So they say, and um, here we are again. Um, here's the ball, Latavius Murray. Oh, goody, because he didn't look very special out there. And, of course, by the time Latavius was in there, um, there really wasn't, you didn't really want to use him all that much because you're behind, uh, and the clock is not your friend, even though it's not like you're down by 21 points or anything and you need every little tick of the clock possible. But still, um, just I'm just kind of at a, as much as I'm saying, I'm at a loss for words, if that makes sense. Uh, Cook looks so freaking good out there. I mean, consistent. That was the thing. He had that Terrell Davis thing going with him today, where it wasn't the explosive and he's loose, 70 yards downfield, there he goes, touchdown. When you look at it, he had 66 yards on 13 rushes and his long was only 10. He only had a, and then that was one of those plays during that drive before he got hurt. Um, or actually, or, or was it the one? Yeah, it was the one, it was the drive before that imbecilic fumble. The imbecilic uh, Wildcat play. Just walked right through that Detroit defense. And um, after that, just, man, I mean, just the consistency. So exciting. I mean, this guy is going to be a superstar in this league. And now, now the uncertainty. Now the uncertainty follows. Just classic Vikings. And it's not me hating on the Vikings. It's hating on the bad luck. It's hating on the, the curse. It's hating on this, that, and all the others. I mean... It's just classic Vikings that now Sam Bradford, you you don't know when he's going to play, if he's going to play. Teddy Bridgewater, hopefully. But just the fact that Teddy Bridgewater went down with that injury is classic Vikings, as people like to say. I mean, what? You know, you get all your hopes up coming in. 11-5 and five division championship season. One Blair Walsh imbecilic miss away from at least getting to the second round. Maybe the NFC title game, if the Vikings are fortunate enough to get past Arizona which would have been really cool. Take your chances in Carolina. I don't think that would have gone so well, but maybe. Uh, the Vikings have played the Carolina Panthers very well the last several years. Several years, you know. Um, but phew, here we are today, 2-2. Two and two. Sam Bradford, we don't know if, we don't know when or if he's coming back. Teddy Bridgewater, hopefully he can. he's available by week six, believe it or not. So he's available very soon here. Um, maybe he's going to be the quarterback very soon. Um, but I, 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 I don't know what to say, man. Um, I'm <laughs> as much as I'm going on and on and on, I, I don't have, I just, I'm just kind of left at a loss here. Um, yay. <laughs> the Vikings defense was outstanding. Let's talk about it a little bit here before we pass out the awards and demerits. Ryan Quigley was, well, he was needed today, that's for sure, as, as was Jeff Locke of the Detroit Lions, and he was better than Ryan Quigley. Um, congratulations, Jeff Locke, and it's not like we cut him, he cut us, he moved on. Anthony Zettel of the Detroit Lions was able to get two sacks in the game. Everson Griffin was just awesome, on and on and on the whole day. Daniil Hunter was spectacular, two sacks, and I was talking about how Daniil Hunter needed to get in there, and he just started getting those sacks, I mean, he was that guy. We'd like to see the forced turnovers as well one of these days, but uh, Daniel Hunter all over the place. Pass deflection, two sacks, five total tackles, tackles for loss. Just awesome. Uh, Trey Waynes had a golden opportunity for an interception. Anthony Barr, he would it would have been a great play if he got it, so I'm not super mad at him, but you wish he could bring the damn thing in. Um, numerous opportunities today because Mr. Stafford was not that good today. The Vikings had every opportunity to beat him today, and they did not get the job done. But Kinsey Alexander... 
wasn't thrown to all that much because he did a pretty good job. I mean, the ball wasn't really thrown in his direction all that often. Pass deflection. Very happy with McKenzie Alexander so far. Uh, it's nice to see him becoming a a a uh, competent cornerback uh, out there. I like McKenzie Alexander. I think he's developing. Uh, I, I'm, I'm seeing signs. Uh, Trey Waynes is getting thrown to a lot more often, and that's also a sign because the quarterback's not in the opposing the opponent opposing the opposing quarterback is not as afraid of Trey Waynes as he is of uh, McKenzie Alexander at this stage. And it's not even necessarily if he's scared of Trey Waynes or scared of McKenzie Alexander. It's just the fact that McKenzie Alexander jammed the route, and he that's what he does very well, and I'm impressed with that. When your cornerback can jam the route and the receiver can't get where he needs to go, well, gosh darn it, they're not going to throw the ball that way, are they? Or if they do, it's going to be an incomplete pass and um, all that good stuff. Eric Kendricks had some icky moments, but he got the sack later on, and it was at a huge key moment. Gave the Vikings another opportunity to get something going at the offense. Just It was just not meant to be, and that was the, <sighs> that's the story of the game today. Just not meant to be. Not meant to be. Yeah, so Fran Tarkington Award for today is going to go to Everson Griffin. I thought he was just absolutely spectacular. I'm, I'm going to give it to, I mean, you could give it to so many guys. I mean, the defensive line, all three, I mean, all three, all four of the defensive linemen, particularly Linval Joseph, Everson Griffin, and and uh, uh, where is he? <laughs> Doggone it, Daniel Hunter. Yes, those three especially though were just unbelievable. Brian Robinson was around, but those other three—it was just—it was mostly those three guys. I'm going to give all three of them the uh, the Fran Tarkenton Award. I mean, the defense as a whole was just wonderful today, and I appreciate it. They got beat sometimes. There were some missed tackles. That's why I'm not giving it to everybody. Uh, Daniel Hunter, Everson Griffin, and Linval Joseph. Just you know, Linval was hungry. <laughs> and he was getting tackles for loss. That guy is a superstar. I just love Linville Joseph so much. Oh, man. Um, the Christian Potter Memorial is definitely Jarek McKinnon as a player. Um, you could give it to the referees for missing obvious pass deflection calls. And, of course, Pat Shermer for the stupid imbecilic uh, wildcat call that just was not necessary. Can we stop? Just, just stop making that call, you know? Maybe like the final play of the game or something when you're like I don't know and there's like and you're far away. Uh, okay, no, just 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 don't do it. It's just you're just like screwing around hoping for some kind of miracle. Like there's like really nothing you can do. You know, you're like 80 yards away and it's the final play of the game. Maybe you're hoping for some kind of weird crazy miracle. But um, yeah, other than that though, let's not even think about the wildcat anymore. It doesn't work. That's the that's the one problem with the Wildcat. You know, it's a it's an interesting creative scheme, but there's just one problem. It doesn't work. So, yeah, that's the uh, Christian Potter Memorial. Mm, I'm very generous today, passing stuff out, but I, I I don't think I'll be giving everybody a gold star today. I don't think I need to at this point. But uh, yeah, a lot of you probably deserve it. Then there might be yeah, it's gonna be cool. So let's take a break. Let's get off this first segment. Oh, what a frustrating, depressing game today. Man, alive. Let's try to calm down, hope for the best, if that's humanly possible. Do some previewing and do some uh, rounding up a little bit. NFC North, NFL, and preview right after this.
we are back here on Purple Mafia, segment number two. Oh yeah, always my favorite segment, because there isn't a whole lot of like negativity necessarily. Well, there's always some, I guess, especially when certain teams win that you don't want to win, and there's plenty, there, there's a bit of that this week, and yeah, I, I, I don't know, and a lot of weird kind of goings on. I mean, the, the NFL is just getting weirder and weirder. It's always been weird. I mean, heck, all the way back to the Paul Tagliabue days that Paul Allen would say, Paul Tagliabue was wacky bit. Yeah, because there were always some odd, odd events taking place. Let's just get going. Hell with it. Oh, Thursday night. That's going to be last. <laughs> That's going to be last because it's the NFC North and it's next week's opponent, the Chicago BS. Chicago BS. So... That's the fun part, uh, kind of. Monday night game, Monday night football, which means oh, I'm going to have a hell of a time recording the show, which, well, we'll figure it out, I guess. It's in Soldier Field, too, which, boy, oh, boy. If history continues to repeat itself, the Vikings could come out of next week 2-3. and three. Wow. Uh, who saw that coming after the Vikings dominated Tampa last week? Anybody raising their hand right now? Anybody? Do I see anybody? Hey, you with the Packers jersey, you don't count. Put it down. Put the hand down. That's not funny. Put it down, Carl Gerbschmidt, okay? Um, <sighs> yeah, I know the pack is... Yeah, well, we'll talk about that last. Why do I keep talking about it? Okay, I guess we are going to lead things off with New Orleans and Miami. No, we're not, actually. <sighs> Got everything all weird here. Indianapolis and Seattle, that's going on right now. Just getting started. Sunday Sunday night football, of course, Monday night, Washington and Kansas City. And yes, it will be that. Okay, this is a mess. This thing needs to get out of here. New Orleans beats Miami 20 to nothing. The Miami Dolphins at home lose 20 to nothing against maybe the worst defense in the NFL. Uh, wrap your head around that. Um, wrap, uh, <laughs> I guess the Dolphins, uh, the whole, uh, I guess the Dolphins need a bye week, right? They're they really looking forward to the bye week coming into this one, boy, because there's Oh, that's right. There is no bye week because of the Hurricane Irma. They decided to go that direction. And it's kind of almost like, what can you do? Um, that sucks. <laughs> wow. Uh, if Miami makes the playoffs, it would be the most incredible accomplishment of all time with the way they're going. I mean, mm, nothing. They they seriously, and they had an opportunity in the end zone that was intercepted. But still, you got shut out by the bleeping Saints. I mean, the Vikings made the Saints look like they weren't even there. Um, and great pass by Cutler, by the way, right to the Saints defender. I mean, he over, overthrew the, the wide receiver for Miami. Uh, not even close. I mean, uh, there was like nothing there. Um, why try to force a play like that? That's why Cutler is just not that good. He doesn't cut it, pun intended. Um, I can't even believe he completed 70% of his passes. That's shocking, but of course, not a whole lot else. It's just classic Jay Cutler. No touchdowns, obviously. Media, uh, you know, medial amount of yards, 164. Quarterback rating in the low 70s. I mean, that's that's Jay Cutler. Um, I'm sorry, Miami. I kind of like the Dolphins. I kind of always have had a soft spot for them. They're, they're just one of those teams from back in the day that I kind of always liked, even though Dan Marino was a jackass. But whatever. Uh, the Saints are a bunch of jackasses, too, and I hate to see them win. I, I hate it. Um, I don't like Drew Brees with the way his, he'd always get this huge attitude when Bounty Gate was brought up, like basically like it doesn't exist. And you know what? I understand you're playing for that team and that coach and all that stuff, but whatever. Uh, screw the Saints. You you can go somewhere, and it, it ain't going to be pleasant. So, okay, maybe I'm not that bad, but um, whatever. 20 nothing Saints. Just move on. I don't give a crap. Michael Thomas continues to play well for them. That's for damn sure. And uh, 89 yards today. Why is all this stuff? 
You know, navigation through this stuff. It's like turning into, it's like I'm trying to navigate through the asteroid belt. What, what, why does all this, ah, it didn't used to be this bad. Buffalo visiting Atlanta. And I don't need to see this picture. Why? Why is the image of this game players kneeling for the national anthem? Stop, media. Just stop. Show a play in the game or just show... Why is that the image you need to show me when I see the game? Does Did that have anything to do with 23-17 Buffalo? I don't think so. But congratulations to the Buffalo Bills. 23-17 in Atlanta. 3-1 Buffalo Bills. Will they finally go back to the playoffs? See, this picture right here, it's just, you know... The media needs to cut this crap out. It's got to stop. You know what? If they kneel, they kneel. If they don't, they don't. We don't need it shoved down our throats every second, okay? Can can we just watch football rather than have to boycott it? Because I'm going to, you know, you're you're making people want to boycott it. This this is dumb, media. This is dumb. Stop. Okay. 23 to 17. I I can't believe it. Buffalo. Tyrod Taylor. Tyrod Taylor was above average in the game. Not spectacular. Only attempted 20 passes. 106 quarterback rating, though he was efficient in the time he was out there. Matt Ryan had a stinker of a game. The Buffalo defense just did a hell of a job, and of course LaShawn McCoy was good too, even though last week he was stretching during the National Anthem. That's that's cute. I mean, gee, <laughs> that's real nice of you. Uh, boy. Mm-mm. No touchdowns were thrown by Buffalo, but hell of a game by Charles Clay. Even LaShawn McCoy getting involved a bit there as, as well. Julio Jones going out with the uh, hip injury doesn't help either, though. That's for sure. He only was able to get three catches before that took place. Yeah, um, congratulations, Buffalo. I mean, great game. That's for sure. Great game by their defense. Multiple interceptions. None of them were uh, touchdowns, but they were game changers. They helped Buffalo do what they were going to do. And that's ultimately score touchdowns, get in the end zone. Um, good, good indeed. Uh, Tyrod Taylor ultimately threw one touchdown. Uh, Matt Ryan fumble led to a, it was a fumble six. It was a fumble six for <laughs> Tredavious White. Tredavious White. These names just get more and more, uh, creative, don't they? Um, <laughs> it's funny. And then Hushka, Hushka, the former Seahawk replaced by Blair Walsh. <laughs> Wow. Uh, Hushka was outstanding the entire game, and congratulations for him. A 56-yarder, 55-yarder. Those were the two plays that ended up winning the game. Congratulations to the Buffalo Bills in Atlanta, Jaja, despite um, several players kneeling, but then again, whatever. You know what? I don't even want to talk about it anymore. You know what? Just, just, yeah. I don't like it, but I don't need it covered every second. You know, and it's like they're just doing it to agitate us, aren't they? And that's all this is. It's like, it's as if, literally, as if this media, this media run by George Soros wants a civil war in this country. That's what I think is going on. But anyhow, take that opinion somewhere else. Uh, I better be careful. So, but I said it now. I said it. I said it. Okay, next. Cincinnati in Cleveland. The Browns are just, boy, mm. You know, this is the Browns. I mean, every year they start out like, okay, maybe they're turning things around a little bit. They look kind of promising. And then they get hit by a ton of bricks and nothing, there's just nothing going. And it doesn't matter. You know, I mean, Bill Belichick could be their coach again like he was back in the in, in the early 90s. And I liked that team. That was fun to watch. Um, I don't think that team's going anywhere ever. And, I, and I'm sorry. I mean, I love Vince Gerbato. He's a Cleveland Browns fan. Yep. Out of Australia, big Lakers fan and contributor, frequent contributor to Timberwolves Explosion. 
occasional contributor to this one, mostly just kind of saying go Browns, though, kind of giving me a tease here and there. Um, I want the Browns to do better. You know, the old Browns were so much better, weren't they? And uh, Vince, and that's why they, uh, I don't know, it just figures they're the one that moved to uh, Baltimore rather than the uh, the Ravens kind of starting an expansion team. Like this would be, you know, this Cleveland team should be Baltimore Ravens and then the old Browns should still be there. Oh boy, because this, this Browns franchise has done absolutely nothing since 1999. And the one year they made the playoffs, they had uh, Kelly Holcomb as quarterback. <laughs> wow. I mean, just can you imagine Kelly Holcomb? Cincinnati finally won a game. That's good. It's about freaking time. And they did a little pounding job today. Good for them. Andy Dalton, four touchdown passes. That's good. That's really good. Um, Deshaun, Deshaun Kaiser. Deshaun Kaiser. It looks like Deshaun, but it is Deshaun. Uh, Dalton definitely had his best game of the year so far. Near near perfect rating, but he also had a fumble loss in the game. That figures. Um, Kaiser, awful. 43.5. The whole uh, concussion uh, protocol, I don't know. Might, might need to reevaluate that because he's really dropped off. Uh, and I know sometimes it's because it's a, well, and he's also like a rookie pretty much, and teams figure guys out with, after a little tiny bit of success in the first week. Um, I, I feel for Browns fans. I, I really do. Um, take that as is. Los Angeles, the Los Angeles Rams, which would have been uh, Chick Hearn's club back in the day, right? Now they're the Los Angeles Rams again, and they have those, they have white horns now. And I and I get a kick out of it. It's kind of interesting. It's like they changed that one little detail, and they look di- so different. It's kind of weird. It's kind of cool though, too. Um, I suppose the the pants are different too. Yeah, the pants are the instead of like the gold stripe, it's a white stripe. It's kind of cool, even though it's like a minor change, but it's a change. And um, that franchise is just—they're totally different. They're three and one. They crushed the Cowboys today. Wow. Or they didn't crush them, but they beat the Cowboys. They, to me, it feels like they crushed them because they scored 35 points in the game. Um, Dallas scored 21, though, in the second quarter. Scared Rams fans just a little bit, I'm sure. But um, to get it done in AT&T Stadium by uh, on the road by the Los Angeles, the LA Rams, great job. Um, I'm impressed. I'm kind of like becoming a slight slight fan of this club right now. That's uh, pretty cool. As long as they don't get too crazy and, and obnoxious like the uh, St. Louis Rams did with the Kurt Warner days. I kind of got sick of that team. But I get sick of every team, it seems like. Uh, Dak Prescott, not bad. I mean, is his completion percentage that brought his rating down and, of course, the interception. I mean, three touchdown passes, 250 yards. He was spectacular in the second quarter. Uh, Goff, kind of the same thing. He didn't even get to 60%, 58%, two touchdowns, but did not turn the ball over. That's the difference maker, 98.7. And Todd Gurley on the ground was ex- just, you know, exquisite because, again, just like our running back, Delvin Cook, the guy we have to, he's the former running back now, and he'll be the, cur- he'll be the current running back again next next August. Just to think, you got to wait that long to see Delvin Cook. It just makes my heart ache. Oh, man. You gotta wait until August to see Delvin Cook again, or, or July. Pardon me, last week of July. What the hell, man? Ugh. Oh, my heart just aches thinking about that. It makes me sick. But uh, Todd Gurley, since I have to move on, unfortunately, <clears throat> see his long of the day was seventeen, and it just shows. You just hand him the ball, and he just goes forward, 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 and we're talking four or five yards each time. That's Terrell Davis, and that's why the Denver Broncos just won, and they won, and they won. It's not just because you pounded away, pounded away, like the 70-whatever, you know, the 70s Steelers or whoever, but it's the fact that you continue to move the chains. 
it's not about pounding as much as that you're moving the chains and the other team can't stop it. And, the, you know, it's just awesome. And that's what Delvin Cook was bringing, even though he's not like the biggest guy ever. But he sure as hell is a talented son of a gun. And Todd Gurley, after an awful uh, sophomore slump last year, has been pretty good in his junior jump this year. It's a junior jump for Todd Gurley. Good on him. Um, he was just spectacular. 94 receiving yards as well. A touchdown for him. What a game. I mean, Todd Gurley, over 200 total yards in this ditty. Oh, my goodness. 215 yards in the game. Only one touchdown, but regardless if you're a fantasy player, which I choose not to be anymore, um, haven't for a long time now. Uh, wow, Todd Gurley's uh, first-round pick in fantasy football, I got to think. And, man, somebody probably got him well after the first round because I bet a lot of people were down on him coming into this year. But uh, who knows? Maybe in some leagues he went real high still. Oh, boy. Wow. Um, go Rams. I mean, hell yeah. <laughs> That's pretty awesome. They they deserve some. Uh, they deserve a nice little thumbs up. Oh, I'm looking at this score right now, and I'm pissed off, man. Frickin' son of a... This could have been the Super Bowl a couple of years ago. The Patriots could have completed one more bleepin' pass. One more bleepin' pass in the red zone in that game. The AFC title game of 2015. But the Denver Broncos defense was that good, and that's why they crushed the Carolina Panthers a couple of weeks after that. But the Panthers beat the Patriots today. Oh, in Gillette Stadium. What the hell? The Patriots are now 2-2. Two and two. Ouch. Um, <laughs> after the shootout in the old K Corral, okay, kind of, with the Houston Texans. Talk about a shootout today. Holy moly. Um, they give up 33 points. That Patriots defense is not stopping a whole lot of people. They gave up 33 points last week. They gave up 33 points this week. That's, yeah, just do the math there in the last two weeks. 66. That's terrible, man. Carolina's 3-1. and one. After all that, with the dust settling, with how awful Carolina has looked this year, they're 3-1. and one. What the hell? They're 3-1. and one. So I guess the Panthers are kind of back in the mix for the playoffs and the whole kit and caboodle again. Uh, Cam Newton, what a game. Uh, he did have an interception, which gave the Patriots hope, but ultimately it was all for naught. Brady did not turn the ball over. It was still spectacular. Quarterback rating 104, 307 yards on the ground, but or passing, excuse passing, sorry, in the air. Cam Newton, similar numbers, but one more touchdown and one interception. But overall, an efficiency rating, outstanding. Um, completed 76% of his passes. Just outstanding overall game for Cam Newton. And the, the, the uh, Carolina Panthers outscored the New England Patriots in a shootout. Pretty impressive. Um, I'm not happy about it, but it's impressive. I got to tell you, Kelvin Benjamin was the star receiver in that game along with uh, along the way. Wow. Um, it doesn't help with the Patriots missing their good buddy there. Um Julian Edelman, and it's like, yeah, you want to keep bringing his name up over and over and over again, but well, okay, let's just move on. New York and Jacksonville. The New York Jets, this the Jets, not the Giants, the Jets. The Jets. The J-E-T-S as I continue to say just end the season, they have a better record than the Giants, and a lot of people were thinking the Giants would go to the Super Bowl. This is football for you. I mean, what the hell? The Jets are 500. (laughs) Yeah, they beat Jacksonville, so what? But they're 500, though. They are. And Jacksonville, again, that's football too. I mean, Jacksonville romped, just annihilated the Baltimore Ravens last week, and now they lose to the Jets. What the hell? It, it took overtime, but yikes. You know, I kind of like those Jags uniforms, though. They're kind of nice. 23-20. Josh McCown and co. getting the job done out there. Mm-mm-mm. 
Yep, there was a LaShawn Edwards uh, trick play, 31 yards. <laughs> nice play that helped be a game changer along the way. McCown, nothing special, but good enough. Um, the Jets' defense did a good job today, for the most part, forcing turnovers and such. And Blake Bortles sucked, hardcore. Um, 43% overall in 35 attempts in the game. Blake Bortles isn't going to get you anywhere with, with numbers like that. Fournette was good, along with other running with along with Chris Ivory. But, man, I mean, Fournette had an outstanding total yardage type of game. Uh, Belial Powell, though, was pounding the ball away the whole game. And, of course, NS had a 70-yard scamper. Elijah McGuire also a 69-yard scamper. And it was the running game, ultimately, that was the hero today for the Jets, along with a solid defense that frustrated and embarrassed lousy Blake Bortles today. Uh, so we continue to move on. A classic, classic divisional matchup that doesn't look as close as it used to back in the day. Used to think Baltimore and Pittsburgh were basically mirror images of each other. Um, you know, quarterbacks that knew how to win. Quarterbacks that could win on the road and at home. Spectacular defenses. Household names and both sides. All over the place. No, not so much. I mean, Pittsburgh is just far and away the, the superior team. And they're not as good as they were. They're just, you know, even last year, at least I don't think they are yet. I mean, they had a pretty lame loss last week, but, well, that's kind of what they got for all that stuff, but I I don't know. I don't know. Whatever it is, Baltimore, it's just, they've fallen off the face of the earth, and it's kind of sad, because they started the season fairly strong. Some people kind of liked them coming in this season. The last two weeks, ouch. Um, 15 points, or is it 16 points the last two weeks? That's pretty pathetic. Mm. And not so much on the defensive side of the ball, either. Pittsburgh 26-9. to uh, nine. Baltimore, just not a whole lot going on. Flacco was a little bit better, but then again, not really. A couple interceptions. He kind of looks like the rookie Flacco who struggled a lot on the road in Pittsburgh. Ben Roethlisberger, nothing special this week either. Is Le'Veon Bell, who was the big star. 144 yards on the ground. Two touchdowns. Fantasy, uh, fantasy stud once again there. 42 yards in the air for uh, Le'Veon Bell as well. And um, good for him. We'll continue to move on. Uh, Brian, um, Brown, though, Pittsburgh, also freaking out when he didn't get the ball on a play. He was open, and you know what? Quarterbacks aren't always going to find the guy at the right place, right time. Maybe they're concentrating on something else, like two defensive linemen coming his way. And Roethlisberger didn't throw Brown the ball. He flipped out, threw the big, giant Gatorade jug on the ground and uh, container, whatever the word is for that thing. Um, just too much. And he just kept going and going, too. He He, he wouldn't let it go, and Wow, that's not gonna, that's not gonna, that's not gonna fly for too long. I, I, I gotta hope, but I don't know. I mean, a lot of these receivers are just too high maintenance. It's ridiculous. That's why people got sick of Terrell Owens, sick of uh, 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 Keyshawn Johnson. Who wasn't even, who was never that good. Maybe it's couple, maybe in his early days of the Jets, but after that, whatever. Let's move on. Houston over Tennessee, and now you got uh, Mariota getting hurt. Mm, Mariota, yeah. Look at this score. Um, 57. That's right. 57 to 14. Houston's starting to score some points, and they did a hell of a job last week against the Patriots. Marcus Mariota's out, though, for a while. Uh, Matt Castle, not a good game at all for Tennessee. And um, boy, oh boy, four interceptions taken away in Deshaun Watson, four touchdowns. Another good week for him. Go Deshaun Watson. I mean, good for him. That's, uh, he, uh, that's his job to lose now. I mean, because Tom Savage wasn't uh, scaring anybody. For the most part, and you had guys like Matt Schaub over the last couple of uh, over the last several years who didn't do jack bleep there, and just you know, and uh, uh, who's the guy they just brought in that was just 
gosh, Osweiler, yeah, spent spent all that money on him, and he did nothing last year. Um, Sean Watson, man, there, there's your quarterback, at least for now. I mean, geez, this team looks good. Lamar Miller just solid every single week. Just look at that. His long for the day was nine, yet he managed to get 75 yards on 19 carries. Solid. Just just move the ball forward. That's all That's all you can ask for. I liked Lamar Miller an awful lot. Like, if the Vikings were in a situation like they are now, Lamar Miller would look pretty damn good on the Vikings right now, wouldn't he? Um, Delvin Cook looks freaking awesome, but now he's gone for a while. Uh, Lamar Miller also a good receiving back as well. Total yardage for the day. About 130 for Lamar Miller. DeAndre Hopkins, spectacular game for him as well. Wound up with 107 yards and a touchdown in a very fun game. If you're a Houston Texans fan, 57 to 14. You don't see numbers that high very often. I mean, 57, that's almost never. That's like once a year maybe. Uh, and occasionally in the Super Bowl when like one of the teams is just not even trying like the the Buffalo Bills have got to that point in that, that 92 Super Bowl. just It just fell apart so badly for them. And the uh, the 49ers and the Broncos in 89, I believe, was it 55 to 10? Mm. Well, how the mighty have fallen, right? San Francisco. Mm. They had some good years under uh, Jim Harbaugh. They suck so bad. Uh, only 15 points against the Arizona team. That's not doing so well either. They're 2-2, two 18-15. Two, to 15. This game went to overtime. Must have been a real pleasure to watch. And it really kind of wasn't. Luckily for... The, the uh, Arizona Cardinals, they were able to get this game one at home, like, oof, to keep them kind of alive, kind of. Um, just a bunch of field goals pretty much the whole game, uh, other than Carson Palmer getting one touchdown pass very late to put the Cardinals um, put the Cardinals ahead, ultimately, to end up winning the game. Um, lucky for them. Because, oh, that's why. Yeah, I was wondering. Yeah, that's why. Because, uh, yeah, San Francisco in the old days would have won the game with the field goal. Yeah, that's why. Yeah, I remember. I was like, how is this 18 to 15? Because it was 12 to 12 last time I had checked. And then it's 15 to 18. Yep. Uh, San Francisco had scored the field goal. Arizona was able to get a touchdown. So, big time. You don't see that, like, ever. That's kind of cool. Um, <laughs> that's why you want to score that touchdown. Uh, Robbie Gold made so many kicks in the game, and he was a hero in that sense. But um, luckily for... Uh, Arizona, the Carson Palmer was up to the task. And, of course, uh, one old man to another. Carson Palmer to Larry Fitzgerald helps the Cardinals kind of sort of stay alive here. Just barely. Ooh, Philadelphia and the Ram- and the Chargers, pardon me. Chargers lose again. They stink. They played well against Philadelphia, but the Eagles win 26-24. The Eagles are actually in first place, so not the best game for them. Chargers just fighting for their life to get a, uh, to get a win this year. They're now 0-4. Uh, 3-1 Philadelphia. Carson Wentz continues to, you know, at least be decent. Not that good, though. Um, not a very accurate game. Phillip Rivers, much better week than last week, but not uh, the completion percentage fairly low. Carson Wentz, same thing. You're seeing some missed passes. You're seeing some drop passes. Look, Garrett Blunt was spectacular on the ground for Philadelphia. 136 yards, including a 68-yard scamper. And that's one of the reasons they ended up winning the game. Keenan Allen, remember that name? Woo, boy, 138 yards for him. Tyrell Williams, 115 for the Chargers. And a losing effort once again. Ay, ay, ay. Just another losing effort. Speaking of another losing effort, Tampa Bay loses, or excuse me, the uh, Giants lose again. And it's just unreal. 0-4. And, you know, it's just when I continue to talk about it. 
The Jets have two more wins than the Giants. That's freaking weird. Tampa Bay with an okay rebound type of game in their Raymond James Stadium there. Good for them, I guess. They beat an 0-4 team. But uh, James James Winston, much better in this one. Eli Manning was a little better than he has been. But no turnovers for James Winston. Good for him. Three touchdowns in the game. Strong performance, over 330 yards. The Giants just lose again. Um, This was a little bit better performance by them, but Tampa Bay kind of showing up to play this time around, playing a little bit better, a little smarter in terms of Seamus Winston, at least not turning the ball over. Uh, And then the final one, Denver over Oakland. Now the Raiders are a team that's starting to show that just maybe they're not going to win the AFC this year. And I don't know who is going to win the AFC anymore. Denver, it might be Denver again. They're 3-1. and one. They beat Oakland today in a division matchup. Now, it's a road game. It's not easy to win in Mile High Stadium or Sports Authority Field. I keep calling it Mile High. That's old news. Sports Authority Field. Ooh. But let's just call it Mile High for fun. 16-10 to 10 type of matchup. Derek Carr was bad, and he was hurt, and... Yeah, Derek Carr was hurt as well. E.J. Manuel was a little bit better, actually. Um... But not really. He was better for a couple of minutes there. He completed more passes. That's about it. He was a little bit more accurate and then had an interception later on. Trevor Simeon, just good enough. Whatever. Marshawn Lunch and the Oakland rushing game, completely non-existent. C.J. Anderson was awesome. And uh, with almost 100 yards, 95 yards overall in the game. Mm. Can't believe it. Yep, uh, Derek Carr's hurt again. Um, nothing super serious yet at this moment, but we'll just have to let that play out as is. Oakland, 2-2. Two and two. Yuck. They looked like crap last week, and they look like crap this week. Because, you know, you think of Denver. I, I'm not that. I'm not really thinking of Denver as this outstanding team, but, oh, well, they're, they're winning games right now, and good for them. So let's finally get to the preview, the review, the preview. Oh, goody. The Packers on Thursday night. The Bears put up a great effort in the game. They just were awesome. No, they were terrible. Aaron Rodgers has had his way with this club. 35-14, to the Green Bay Slackers defeat the Chicago Bears, and that's about all there is to say. Obviously, the Lions beat the Vikings. That's the other uh, side of the uh, NFC North roundup. Mike Lennon was just garbage. I don't know. He, he had four turnovers in the game. He fumbled twice, two interceptions. That's not going to get it done. Aaron Rodgers did what he needed to, including telling everybody to to lock arms during the national anthem in the stadium. No comment. Just, you know, do whatever. You know? <laughs> Aaron Rodgers had four touchdowns in the game, made mincemeat of a pretty lame Chicago defense. And that's just all there is to say. Um, I'm glad the Bears beat the Steelers, though, at least. I wish they could have beat the Packers. And that's about it. Um, As for this Bears team, Jordan Howard looked good again for a little while. He started off the season terribly. Then he had a big, strong week last week against the uh, the Steelers. And now, not so much again. Um, Just okay. Just an average running back right now. Last year, he was good for most of the season. Glennon. You know, going into Soldier Field, you got to think the Vikings need to win. I mean, the, obviously they need to win the game, but who's going to be the Vikings quarterback? And Latavius Murray, well, he, he got his wish. I mean, you brought him here to be the Chester Taylor, so to speak, to be the starting running back when Chester Taylor was originally signed for the Vikings. He was to be the starting running back. A guy who'd kind of been a platoon back in in uh, a platoon or even a second, second running back, kind of third down guy in Baltimore behind Jamal Lewis. It was kind of him and Jamal Lewis fighting for uh, carries over there back in the good old days. 
um, Chester Taylor came to Minnesota, was ever so valuable, 1,200 yards, and he was even a good, valuable receiving running back. He was a three-down back. He was pretty damn good. And then, ironically, he went to the Bears. But um, now here's Latavius Murray. Um, A similar situation. You sent him to a fairly reasonable contract. You hope to have him. It's only for one year, though, but still, at this stage, it's only for one year. Um, But you hope to have him to at least be a... uh, to be a decent starting running back and maybe keep him for a little while at a reasonable price and uh, be your third down back because Delvin Cook ended up being a lot better than we thought. He ended up being a hell of a player. We didn't even know he was going to be available at uh, uh, where he was. He dropped far enough that he could trade up to grab him. Latavius <sighs> Murray's got to, got to step up and be a starting running back now. I mean, it's his job. And... If he can do something on the ground, provide something. If it's not Matt Asiata again, and the offensive line stinks. I mean, like, Remmers gave up a pretty crappy sack in the game when the Vikings had some momentum and ended up missing that field goal later on. Um, a terrible sack given up by Mike Remmers. That was just depressing. Just depressing. I mean, it's like he was just standing there, and the uh, the guy went right past him. Um, completely missed an assignment, basically, on, on the play. It's not like he wasn't trying. It's just he didn't see the Detroit defender waiting for him. Um, I mean, just, just like unguarded. And that was a huge problem. So Mike Remmer is continuing to not be that great. Um, Carolina's not too happy with Matt Khalil either, though. So I don't feel too bad there. Uh, I really don't. Um, this Bears team is generally terrible, but it seems like every time the Vikings go there, they, they, they're terrible. Mike Glennon doesn't scare me like Jay Cutler does, though. I mean, it seemed like, you know, as bad as Jay Cutler is most of the time, it seemed like magically he turns it on when he plays against the Vikings in in, uh, in uh, Soldier Field. And he'll magically turn it on against Green Bay once in a blue moon. But other than that, most of the time, Cutler isn't that great. Uh, Glennon is just an average, run-of-the-mill, backup spot starter type of quarterback. That's pretty much what Mike Glennon is. The Vikings pass rush... If it's anything like it was today against Detroit, the Bears will get shut out in Soldier Field. I mean, we're talking nothing. Um, maybe maybe they'll get some kind of a save face touchdown in the fourth quarter. But uh, if the Vikings pass rush continues to be as aggressive as they were and as successful as they were today, yeah, the Vikings should have no problem beating the Bears, even with Case Keenum at quarterback. The Bears' defense is not as good as Detroit's defense, and obviously you don't have Matthew Stafford and, and freaking Abdullah. I almost called him Hussein Abdullah, but... Uh, uh, Detroit's Abdullah. Oh, man. The Vikings need to beat this Bears team. This is a must-win game in in a lot of ways. Not only, you know, and it's like you want to think just getting to 3-2 and is one thing and all that, and it's important to get to 3-2. and Yes. But, I mean, in a lot of ways, it's a momentum thing. It's a morale thing. For this Minnesota Vikings team, you have to beat the Bears. You have to end this nonsense in Soldier Field. They're a far inferior club. There's no excuse for the Vikings to lose this time. Um, there's no, there's no talent. There's no talented quarterback hiding underneath the idiot that Jay Cutler is. <laughs> you know, because Jay Cutler is a talented quarterback, but most of the time he's just kind of an idiot. Mike Glennon is just what he is. He's just he's he's like a lesser version of Matt Castle, much less, I would say. He's actually, yeah, he's a lesser version of what Matt Castle was when he was here. Now Castle's pretty much cooked. He, he can't play at all anymore, as far as I'm concerned. Maybe once, maybe he'll have one good game a year or something. 
<laughs> in his limited play. Um, Ty Montgomery also is hurt too. Oh, excuse me, I'm talking about the Bears. Excuse me, I'm going crazy here. Um, the Bears, though, they're just uh, there's no excuse for the Vikings to lose to the Bears. Jordan Howard's the one guy like you're afraid of a little bit, but the defense is ever capable, ever capable. So we'll just kind of uh, have to let things play out here. I'm going to pick the Vikings to win in good faith. You know, I mean, you got to stop losing in Soldier Field. You just got to stop. This team is so inferior. You have to beat them. Even if Case Keenum is quarterback again, I think you'll have a better game. I think Latavius Murray's going to get in the 70, 80 yard mark. How about that? Especially if the Vikings are ahead, why not pound it away and hopefully he can get something. He sure looks slow. That's the frustrating part. Other than that, though, we're just going to sit here and hope for the best. Um, Who's the next one? Uh, I'm going to go with a Minnesota Vikings victory. I don't think it's going to be 35-7 to or anything. I'd like it to be, or 35-14 in the case of Chicago Green Bay. I think the Vikings should win this one because I don't trust their offense. You know, one day they look so good, the next day they suck. Maybe they'll have their next strong game. Okay, let's go with 27 27 to 14, Minnesota will beat the Chicago Bears in Soldier Field. You're going to see Case Keenum play a little bit better. You're going to see the passing game hopefully improve a bit. See, it's 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 the accuracy of Case Keenum, and if Sam Bradford comes back, the Vikings are in wonderful shape. Uh, I hope so, but as long as Thielen hangs on to the ball, now we have to worry about that, then then we'll be okay. Like Thielen and, of course, Stefan Diggs, you know they can get the job done. Keenum's got to be better than he was today, and against this Bears defense, he will be. Uh, Minnesota wins 27-14 to 14 over the Chicago Bears in Soldier Field. Latavius Murray gets 70-80 to 80 yards. Probably scampers one touchdown in. And you're going to see some big, big-time passing game, though, ultimately in the in the game. You're going to see them pound away with Murray later. I think you're going to see a little more aggressive passing game against the Spirits defense. That's very beatable uh, at the end of the day with that one. So we are going to leave things here. Again, the Vikings will be 3-2 and two after next week. And then we'll, Now we're going to get to fan interaction right after this. AJ, enjoying your, your soapbox politics today. Um, it's a beautiful Monday afternoon and a little off topic, I suppose, This all this um, political taking the knee bullshit that we're having to contend with. Um, yeah, I understand these guys have, have got an opinion. Um, get out there and do it, but don't ram it down people's throats on a Sunday afternoon. I find it very difficult. Um, the simple fact is... The British aren't particularly patriotic, unlike the United States. Um, you know, I, I've always found it incredibly pleasing when I've been in the US. And you go to a game and you've, you've got the flag, you've got the national anthem, uh, you're proud of your military. I mean, over here, uh, my son's in the Royal Air Force. And now they are encouraged not to wear their uniforms off base because there is a lot of contempt for our military, which I, I find, quite frankly, disgusting. And also, you've got the terrorist threat of them being kidnapped and beheaded and all the rest of that uh, disgusting garbage that's going on as well. 
But the simple fact is, you, you go to a domestic game in Britain, we don't play the national anthem, we're not, we don't appear to be proud of our country, which is something that the US still is. So savour it, embrace it, embrace the flag, embrace that national anthem, um, embrace your military. I, I think it's fantastic, and I find it totally abhorrent what's going on at the moment. You know, yes, there are issues. Every country on this planet has issues to a lesser or greater extent. I think the United States, for what it's worth, has been a major factor for good over the last century. So I applaud you guys. Um, as our allies, I'm ex-military. I've worked with Americans. And I'm very very proud of working with those guys and working with my own guys so embrace and be proud of your country joey relax you don't live in britain where we seem to treat our military with contempt a lot of the time and if they want to protest hey that's up to them but in the workplace i don't think so i wouldn't do it and let's face it for most of us sport is a form of escapism from a grim reality at times anyway joey that's all i'm going to say on that subject skull brothers and sisters and let's hope for a victory against the lions roar let's deal with them hey wow that was awesome interesting perspective too um see there you go i mean that's dave applauding the patriotism of the united states dave coming there from the northern scotland area in the uh, you know the united kingdom area over there um he admires the patriotism of our country in general, um, in terms of just how patriotic this country usually is. So he can't believe that people would be, you know, disrespecting the <laughs> disrespecting the flag, the national anthem, particularly in the workplace. Like, why would you do that? So, but he's also saying that I, yep, I should probably calm down a tiny bit too. Um, that's yeah. I mean, that's kind of cool to hear him coming from that perspective. So, really appreciate what you had to say there, and. I, I just, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, I should just let him have the floor with that one. Um, unfortunately, the Vikings were not able to beat the Lions. In this case, this this recording he, he did before the Vikings win, of course. Uh, Vikings lost, I mean, to the Lions, ultimately. Now we move on to the Twitter account. We'll be hearing from Dave once again a bit here. Where is everything? Yeah, Cal Cook is out with a knee injury. No kidding. Something that wasn't... Uh, Oh, boy, I had it, and I lost it. Okay, things start off with uh, St. Walker and at Antonio Fett. That is Mark Carlson's, yeah, he is Anthony Carlson there. Kind of a, a cool image there with the Everson Griffin, number 97, chasing a, a lion running away. And, you know, that about was right on the defensive side of the ball. I mean, only 14, 14 points were scored by the Lions, so that's a pretty good uh, cartoon there. and uh, That's very accurate. <laughs> um Matt Martin says, good hold there, trying to keep them out, but the D is solid. Yep, and that was the whole key. The D was basically holding things together. He says, Vikings and Lions right now, and, and Twins and Tigers. Oh, that is true. And he, ultimately, the Twins ended up getting the win. They now have 85 wins, exactly equivalent to the 1987 team. So they have the exact same record as the 1987 team 30 years ago that won the World Series. The Twins have the weakest record of any playoff team, just like the 87 team back 30 years ago that won the World Series. Um, so we'll see. It's all about getting past those damn New York Yankees once and for all. It's not because they have Derek Jeter, Jorge Posada, Mariano Rivera, or any of those guys. But, uh, but uh, yeah, just getting past the pinstripes once and for all and moving forward. That's, you know, it's just kind of, I guess, if you're going to end it, end it now. And the Twins hopefully will get that done. Um Yep, um, that was, of course, that was not uh, 
Yeah, that was uh, Anthony Carlson that said that. Actually, not the uh, <laughs> not Dave, not Dave Martin. Um, pardon me for that. So, but no, thank you very much for that. And yep, and uh, Anthony Carlson says as long as we're winning, and yeah, and the Vikings were winning for a while there, and unfortunately it went away. Mad Martin's comment on that horrible uh, wild card, wildcat play was, how can I put it? What a what a effing stupid play. Pardon me for my crazy uh, back and forth there. Uh, JP says, yep, season over because I tweeted out RIP 2017 once I saw Delvin Cook go down like that. It's like, that's it? You just kind of knew. Yep, and at the same time, Mad Martin, he wasn't sure about the injury at the time because it was just like right there. Uh, and he says, oh, crap, now Cook and another turnover. Yeah, oh, no, Cook had gone down. Yep, it was at the same time. I says, let's hope it's not about being serious, but be honest, we never had high expectations for this season. Sam Gupta says there's still time in this game, and yes, we were hoping for that. And the Vikings had time all the way to the bitter end, but once, yeah, I mean, all the way up to that Adam Thielen fumble at the end, and it just kind of figured that it ended up that way. Mad Martin says, so we are back to the crappy chocolate again. A whole lot of yuck. These effing refs, stupid fumble, and 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 off idiots. Yep, man. <laughs> he says, can you make this up? Missed field goal. Nope, we can't make it up. That was Kai Forbath's field goal. That would have made things a little closer. I just feel for the Vic, feel for the D today. The O is not helping much, and the refs are clearly Lions fans. Ha! <laughs> oh, Matt Martin was replying to John Creasel. He's saying that... Uh, he was replying to me and to them, and uh, John Creasel saying, so we have blatant to make up calls. And, uh, yep, and that was when they called a hold right after that on the Lions. That was kind of funny. Um, Sam Gupta, yep, yikes, gut punch. And that was, again, um, that horrible sack given up by Mike Remmers. Uh, yep, Mad Martin was saying the O-line is painful to watch on that sack. That was Remmers, yep, horrific uh, goal line sack. And the refs did not help today, yep. Yep, cannot win a division on its own. He's asking if we can score points. What a joke. The D gets it back. And, oh, let's bleeping turn it over again. Guess we were playing for third place. The D must be raging. And I'm sure they were. I mean, that was terrible. Matt, oh, yeah. Mad Martin asked me how many wins this season. Guess the question is how many crappy Ds do we play to get those wins? Well, Chicago's one of them. So we'll be 3-2 and two next week, in my humble opinion. I'm hoping so. I would hope so. If the Vikings don't win next week, boy, oh, boy, get your... Uh, you know what? It's like you might as well finish the season two and fourteen at that point. But of course we want we'll win it like even if we like don't make the playoffs we'll win some conven- some games conveniently in December against you know, that don't mean anything and we'll get to seven and nine or something. Oh goody and be like much later in the draft. <sighs> I don't know. I mean uh, maybe it'll end up being eight and eight, nine and seven. That's how it's heading right now. Maybe better. I, I don't know though. It doesn't look better right now. Things can change real quick. And they can change badly real quick, too, like uh, Cook's injury. This is another difficult podcast to put together. Don't envy you, school brother, and thank you for that, man, Martin. It's, uh, no, it's not easy. It's frustrating. Um, it's, there's a lot of energy, a lot of material, so that's what makes it kind of easy. But the feeling, because I'm a sincere fan, I'm not just here to get numbers, get ratings and everything, because uh, you know what? Games like today and injuries like Delvin Cook's, not good for ratings. No, um, I'm probably going to have one of the. I'm probably going to have a very low-rated season. I think the fan base has gotten so skittish on this team uh, that it's just like, what do you do? Um, in '09, I don't know if it's because it was a new fan base or other. Just or Favre was just that big a draw, and I think that was a huge part of it. But the podcast was so good, and only its second season, 
it was like ten. It was like a thousand percent better than the year before. It was unbelievable. And then, of course, quick things quickly dropped off by 2011. It was like nobody was even listening to the show that year when the Vikings were three and thirteen. It was horrendous. A lot of the people stuck around in 2010. Not as many, but for a while, it was fairly well rated, particularly at the beginning. Uh, Sam Gupta was, yep, he was. He liked a tweet when I said "unreal," just wow. When uh, young Adam Thielen fumbled the ball away, couldn't believe it. Now that was the Twitter account. It's at Purple Mafia Show at Purple Mafia Show. Pardon me for that. I'm getting too excited to get things going here, and plus, <laughs> my wife basically breathing down my neck here to get going. So I apologize if I seem a little bit, yeah. Maybe if I feel, if I seem rushed and I now I'm making kind of silly mistakes, so <laughs> stuttering around. I, well, let's continue off from the last uh, episode, but first I'll give a quick shout out to MN Vikings Haven. MN Vikings Haven, it is a nice Facebook page. Recommend you like that. Uh, Trevor Wickerin, the founder of that Facebook page, kind enough to allow me to post links to Purple Mafia on that page. Thank you again, and it's a very nice page, friendly conversation. Rather, whether it's good or bad news. You could talk about Delvin Cook. You could talk about Sam Bradford when he played well. Stuff like that. Yeah, or Keenan when he played well. So, I was hoping to have another Coast Guard show today, but, of course, it didn't go that way. Uh, or Lion Tamer or whatever you would want to say. Uh, Mark Carlson saying, Good Lord, Paladino Joey opens up Fort Knox and passes out the gold on this episode. And I was to give everybody the, uh, yeah, the gold star. I have to add that you handled the controversial acts around the league with style and taste, Joey. Love your comments on the game and the coverage around the league. Your passion and honest personality make the show great. Skull, Mark from Iowa. And yes, this is from the heart. I'm going to bring it every week, every time I come on this, come on the air. Regardless of how I feel, I'm going to give you everything I got. If it's good news, bad news, whatever it is, I'm going to give you the full energy. I'm going to be honest about it my honest opinions, if I'm pissed off, happy, whatever it is, I'm going to give you what I have. Uh, Leland, also from Iowa, Marcus from Iowa, Leland says, not the best way to get a gold star, but all deserve it. (laughs) You deserve a platinum, Joey, for all your insights. Thank you, Skull. And thank you so much, Leland. That that means a lot. Really, I appreciate that. And I will graciously accept the platinum star, even though I'm not sure I deserve it. Thank you so much. Gerald Swing out of Nebraska says, Way to battle through and do a fantastic show. I still say, best Vikings show out there, folks. And thank you again, Gerald, for that. I, I deeply appreciate that. It never it gets old. It really never does. Because um, it's not like I'm on, you know, whatever, 50,000 watt radio and 50,000 people listen. You know, stuff like that. I wish they did, but I don't know. Hmm. I put the Case Keenum Coast Guard who wants to begin to be your quarterback versus Detroit. James Beck out of the UK says, if the offense shows up like last time, I'm good with that. And if they did, the Vikings would have won the game. So, yeah, the defense was spectacular today, and the offense let them down. Brett McCarthy out of South Dakota says, if they play like last week, I like our chances. Leland racks it, uh, wraps up this segment saying it will be a challenge this week. And, yeah, it will be a challenge. I mean, it, it was a challenge, and the Vikings, for me, if you're going to make the playoffs, you got to beat Detroit. So hopefully, pray to God, the Vikings can win one on the road later in the season. Um, they're going to have to. They're going to have to win this Bears game on the road, too. Last year, the only division win, well, actually, there were two division wins for the Vikings. One in the US, one, uh, the first U.S. Bank Stadium game and the last U.S. Bank Stadium game were both division wins for the Vikings, but they swept nobody last year. Um, it's hard to believe we actually split with the Packers last year, but yeah, we did. And then the second game was just another, just, BS fest. (laughs) 
but everything was kind of gone at that point. Uh, the in-game thread, you're going to see the debut of Kurt Back. That's right, Kurt Back, my, my buddy from work that I've known for a while now. He's in the hoose. He's in the hoose. Oh, Adam. Yep, that was an Adam Thielen fumbled. Oh, so Kurt actually did post uh, at the end. So, good. Um, I usually like to go to the... I end up like to go, liking to go into both, but... Um, yeah, uh, Cedric Paulding, very active today. He should definitely get a star of some sorts during this game. Um, he was saying, come on, Alexander, we need that pick six. Yeah, as good as Alexander was, he dropped a sure interception. That would have changed everything. Uh, Kurt was saying that. Stafford could kiss my ass, too. Yep, <laughs> Kurt's funny. Uh, Brett McCarthy was saying how to catch the ball, this and that. Yep, uh, Cedric Paulding says Sturmer needs to get this offense going. He lost his groove after the Wildcats debacle. This officiating crew needs to be fined for the horrible job they're doing this game. Brett McCarthy was saying, let's go Vikings, need a touchdown. Cedric Paulding, again, very active in this show. He was saying, awful play calling and a piss-poor clock management. Take the points and trust your defense, coach. And that's when the Vikings should have kicked the field goal, and they missed. They failed in the uh, the fourth down. Just a just a futile effort. It was depressing, as Mark Carlson said there. Um, and then Adam Thielen fumbled the ball away when the Vikings got the, when the Vikings put the Lions on three and out once again, like they did it several times today. James Beck was saying, oh, Adam, no. And Mark Carlson says, that's it. Wham, it's finished. Josh Mayer Henry out of Colorado says, the Lions are the Vikings' kryptonite. We cannot play a good game against them at all. And it never happens. And Cedric Paulding is from Mississippi. He says, that's, that's what, four in a row now to the Lions. And it pretty much is. And the Vikings haven't beaten the Lions in forever. It's ridiculous. Uh, remember, we got beat pretty handily in 2014 against the Lions. Brad McCarthy says, any news on Cook? And at that point, it continued to, uh, the news continued to kind of head that direction. It's not official yet, but I doubt they're wrong. Uh, Todd Matt Vandermeer out of Indiana says, and I do remember Todd very well. Nice to hear from him again. He says, uh, terrible, ugly game. Seems as if Zimmer didn't have the team ready to play again today. It was a terrible, ugly game, and it did make you wonder. Uh, the offense just was not in it, and Keenum was just inaccurate. Um, you can't blame, you know, Thielen fumbling that ball was devastating, but it's like, you know, Keenum missed so many passes in this game, and Remmers and, and others were giving up sacks, and it's just, I don't know, it wasn't the penalty fest like the Pittsburgh game so much as it was just... I don't know, and there were a lot of non-calls by the referees and plays that probably could have been completed and would have been game-changers, possibly. That one to Treadwell could have been something nice. It's too bad. Uh, Cedric Paulding puts up a meme saying, oh, ah, geez, not this shit again. Kurt back out of White Bear Lake. White Bear Lake and Boston Scientific as well. <laughs> he says, one of the worst games I've seen. I've seen played. So, so good one weekend. Like high school players the next weekend. So typical Vikings. So typical Vikings. I'm done. It's just uh, quote-unquote game plan. Okay, when we hike the ball to number 74, you run the wrong way and spin a couple circles. Kiss my ass. Yep, he was pissed off there. And he says, only only trade of hope is you bring back Bridgewater? Question mark, question mark, question mark. And uh, that might be exactly what, what it is. The only shred of hope is Bridgewater coming off the, the, the pup list because, yeah, I mean, that it's almost over, and um, we're kind of counting on that. Um, no, so you did get post-game thoughts in, Kurt. Uh, yeah, I, at one point I was texting saying you didn't post it in the the uh, 
the postgame thoughts. But no, I was going to read them anyway because at least they're at the end of the end game. That's why I always try to check the end game. There's always kind of interesting stuff. Brad McCarthy again was asking any news on Cook. I was saying at that point was saying nothing immediately. And then Rick Elmer says, ACL done for the year. And Brad McCarthy simply says, dang. And yeah, um, Sebastian Barton says, Wildcat needs to have needs to have stayed thrown away. Yep, it's it's utter rubbish. Tony Coleman out of South Dakota says, 2-2 two and two sounds a hell of a lot worse than 3-1. and one. Sigh. Jacob Etterheim says, just remember there is a difference between constructive criticism and straight-out bashing. We are all Viking fans and want them to succeed. Also, don't be a quitter and say the season is over. There are still 12 games. Anything can happen. And yes, that's very true. It just looks awfully beak right now, Jacob, if you happen to be listening. Hopefully he's a listener, not just a poster. The people that do both are superstars, and I thank you very much. Uh, Tony Coleman's been doing it for the better part of eight years. Pretty awesome. Because um, I met him in, what, 09. He uh, goes way, way, way back to the sportsstuff.com message boards. So, pretty awesome. So, I still remember his screen name, Twine Ball. Can you believe that? Yeah. Uh, it's crazy. <sighs> but, no, good thoughts, Jacob. Yes, that's the one thing that keeps me going is crazy things happen. I mean, you see teams start off 1-3 and three and they finish the season 10-6. and six, Stuff like that. You see them even finish 11-5 and five sometimes. Um, the whole R-E-L-A-X, that kind of nonsense. That uh, and I mean, the Packers do their miracle comebacks every year. Like last year, they looked like they were going down into the... They were going off the ends of the earth if the earth was flat. And, um, yeah, that's why I don't really follow uh, NBA players' political opinions too strongly because they believe the earth's flat, half of them. <laughs> you want to believe they're kidding, but I'm not sure they are. Um, <laughs> you know, it's like you want to tell them, like one day I just threw a, you know, it was kind of getting to be like getting close to sunset, kind of like, you know, it was like late afternoon, like 5 p.m., whatever, in the summertime. Not not quite, yeah, 5 p.m., something like that. It might have been later because it's summer. But when the sun is significantly in the west, and I threw this baseball up in the air, and the way the, the, the light curved around the ball, to me, that's proof enough that the earth is round, because look at the way the sunlight curves around us. Yeah. <laughs> the earth is not, the, not the earth is not flat. If it was flat, it wouldn't look that way. So, I don't know, pretty dumb. And obviously, all of you out there know that anyway. It's just like, I just it was like, just throw a baseball up in the sky and watch the sunlight hit it. Come on, people. Brett McCarthy says a lot of blown opportunities and dumb mistakes. Gerald String wraps up the section saying, can't remember losing three in a row to, three in a row to Detroit in recent history, getting to be a very frustrating matchup for us. And it's extremely frustrating. You know, I've always had this thing with Detroit. I can't stand them. And their fan base is just kind of, mm, they're annoying. They really are annoying. Packer fans are annoying. Lion fans are, are annoying, too. Um... God, I mean, I got in a pretty big thing with them back in the two, ten, 10 years ago. Wow, when uh, Tavares Jackson had his awesome four-interception game. I remember that in Detroit, and then John Kitna was lousy, too. And it's just a terrible bleeping game, and the Vikings lost in overtime, and the Lions fans are, like, all taunting us, like, they're so great. It's just like, so what? I mean, your team sucks so hard. You know, it's a miracle that you guys won the game, and you're taunting us? Give me a break. Uh, so... The final post here is Vikings' initial diagnosis is that Delvin Cook has a nearly complete ACL tear. It's not official, but they are fearing the worst. Yeah. Ali Sidikai, who I encourage to post his articles on here, 
again, he stopped for a while, and I I hope I didn't offend him or scare him away for some reason. He says, we can never have good things, and that it really sucks. Yeah, because I was saying, never, in in a curse, it's it's a curse, and in the worst way, 56 years, and things never change, and they never really do. That's why I always say that that song from the mid-80s, like, some things never change the way it is. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of the Vikings theme song. You can make a video with all the heartbreaking things, getting all the way back to the Kansas City Super Bowl. Super Bowl four, Vikings favorite by 18, and they got crushed in that game. Uh, Vikings missing key tackles in the Miami Dolphins Super Bowl, the Pittsburgh Super Bowl, just not unable to stop the Steelers in just key moments in that game way back in the day, fumbling at the goal line on the opening drive against the Raiders in the, in the final Super Bowl appearance 41 years ago now against John Madden's... Uh, Oakland Raiders, they were Oakland, the original Oakland Raiders, before they moved to L.A., then back to Oakland, and now to Vegas very soon. Um, just key missed tackles. I mean, I remember, you know, I sat there watching Super Bowl videos of the Vikings and such, and it's just, you know, to study, and it's the exact same junk you see today. Like, when you you can't bring Matthew Stafford down in third and 17, just, just bring the guy bleeping down. It's the same junk, like the best defense ever, Purple People Eaters, and they just can't make that key tackle, third and long, third and nine, whatever it is, for some Mickey freaking reason. And things just continue to snowball the way they do from that point. That's not hatred toward the team. It's just hatred of losing. That's exactly what it is. James Beck did post something on Monday, so I will give it attention here. He says, did someone on here once comment about Game Pass Europe not cutting ads out of full games? Either way, Looks as though that has been fixed now. Happy days. And I think that may have been Mad Martin, your buddy Mad Martin, because he, he is over in that same area. James Beck is from the UK, and I thank you so much for your contributions, your listenership, to James Beck, and of course, Mad Martin as well. So let's pass out some stars today, huh? Shall we pass out some stars? Gold star today? Boy, it's tough. And I'm actually remembering to do it. I'm not screwing that up. Gold star today. Oh boy. Um, you, lots of contributions again. Appreciate it. Always love love that call and the patriotism by Mad Martin and all that. Just awesome. Um, gold star today. Mm. I keep going back and forth. It's tough. Uh, Cedric Paulding is going to get the gold star today. Um, silver star is going to go to Mad Martin and Leland. They're both going to get silver stars. So add that to your trophy case. Both of you because you know, Leland's got some stars put away. Um, and I'm glad. And he, he he always deserves stars. You know, you guys are so awesome. Um, bronze star is bronze star today. James Beck. James Beck is going to get the bronze star today. Um, congratulations to all of you. Thank you so much um, for your listenership, for your kindness, and your continued following. I love. All of you so much. Had conversations off the off the air with uh, Gerald Swing off and on the last couple, last few weeks here. You know, just a great patriot. Loves this country. And as frustrated as I am with what's been going on. And um, I appreciate Man Martin saying to relax. And yeah, I mean, I, I, I need to. It's good to calm down a little bit. But at the same time, yeah, he's saying, hey, you know, it, it's worse over here. These people don't even respect their own country. What was annoying as hell, though? is how we didn't stand for the national anthem, yet we stood for God Save the Queen. And that's not meaning dis-British. It's meaning you're really dissing your own country, though. That's kind of weird. Um, that's kind of weird. So that is the worst part. Like teams like Baltimore and Jacksonville last week. 
what the hell is that? Um, again, I'm not dissing the UK by saying that. I am not. I love England. I love. I love you guys. I call God. I love you. Call or post or whatever. It's just though. Would you like that if if your people, uh, your people, your 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 players did that to you? Like if you had players come to the United States and they would sit and say, "Screw that guy," you know about England, and then yeah, uh, hell yeah, go U.S. You know. I don't think you'd like that either. It's not very good. You know, um, maybe stand for both, be respectful for both. How about that? That would probably be better, right? So, I don't know. That's just me. I'll try not to get too far, though. Maybe I'm going a little bit too crazy here, and I need to R-E-L-A-X. And hopefully Viking fans are able to do that. Thank God for Latavius Murray. Hopefully he can uh, fill in and do a good job. This is your chance, Latavius. This is your chance. You wanted to get more snaps. I'm sure he did. He was looking forward to it. Wasn't expecting the Vikings to take Dalvin Cook. Maybe they told him behind the scenes if somebody like that does somehow wind up there, including a Joe Mixon, we could go that direction. And um, I don't know. Ladavius Murray, this is your chance to, to, to get some more carries. You're going to get a lot of them. And Jarek McKinnon, you better play better than you did today because that was bad. That was an awful game by Jarek McKinnon. Awful. Uh well-deserved Christian Ponder Memorial for him today. Well-deserved. So with that, wishing all of you a nice week. Man, this show was short. Now it's long again. Jeez, these are going like an hour and a half lately. My frustration and my anger, my but also enjoying that roundup. Maybe I need to short the roundup a little bit. I think I go on a little too long there, so apologize for you for that. Um, but I guess it's for your listening pleasure, pleasure, and you can always kind of stop and come back to it during the week. It's not like you got to sit and listen to the whole damn thing in one session, and you got to sit with your hands folded staring at a computer screen because that's not true. You could be doing anything. You could be cleaning dishes. You could be doing your bank account. You could be vacuuming the floor as long as you wear the 3Ms or whatever, like covering your earphones so you block out the sound a little bit. You could be watching uh, some football game that you don't care about too much and on silent while listening. You know, whatever it is. And uh, rooting on the Twins this week. Good luck to the Twins. Knock off those damn Yankees once and for all. Get to that ALDS and you know what? Take your chances. You never know. Who would have thought the 87 Twins were going to beat the 98-win Detroit Tigers that year? But they did. That's right. They did. Um, who would have thought the Twins would beat the St. Louis Cardinals who'd won the 82 World Series five years ago and had been to the World Series just two years before? An excellent team. And they did. So let's uh, hope for the best. If the Twins get past the New York Yankees, anything could happen. So please, for the love of God, get past, get past the New York Yankees. That would be nice. Going to be a nice, cool week. Hopefully we can stay dry and avoid the rain a bit. Doesn't look like it's going to be as bad as initially thought, but we'll see. Yeah, it sounds like in Iowa they get a lot of rain, a lot of wind. The wind part's good, but the rain isn't. Ugh. It's good for the corn, but not all the time. You know, you don't want to flood the frickin' corn or any other crops or whatever that might be there in, certain, in the farms there or in southern Minnesota. There's a lot of farms in southern Minnesota, too. Um, so, God bless all of you. Have a good week. Pray for a Vikings victory to end that Soldier Field drought.